Welcome back, or for the first time, welcome to the Pastors of Pain radio show and podcast here in Stillwater, America, also known as the Red Dirt Riviera. I'm Father Kerry Wakulich. Um, my sidekick, Father Brian O'Brien, is Father O'Brien. Not, not here. Whoa, whoa, not whoa, whoa! Here, He's Father. not here. Whoa, okay. So today we have today we have a secret guest, but we'll uh, we'll get that uh, get to that in a minute. Uh, for you all out there in Payne County and America and other galaxies, if you're visiting Stillwater, which you should, uh, you can stop by St. John Catholic Student Center. Uh, if you're a college student, the corner of Miller and Knobloch, CatholicPokes.com, you can find all our information about what we're doing for ministry for college students. Uh, you can check us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and um reddit no reddit probably not reddit if you're if you're reading reddit something is wrong with your life right now because you're in a depressed dark hole am i right you're right you're right right. uh also saint francis xavier if you've never seen saint francis xavier they uh i've heard it dubbed the basilica or the cathedral of Payne county oh my gosh what uh so you you're the priest over at the cathedral like uh no no that it's not not a cathedral oh what's a cathedral uh, well, the cathedral is uh, not important. That went, moved on. Uh, but St. Francis Xavier, sfx.org, uh, for all their information about mass times and occupancy and who's going there and Bible studies and small faith groups and and the school that's over there for little kids. It's an incredible place. So, welcome to Payne County. If you have the privilege of visiting us. Because it's an incredible place, right? Would you say that? It's an incredible place, Payne County. Welcome to Payne County, y'alls, as Father Carey likes to say. Welcome to Payne County, y'alls. <laughs> is that the, is that like the double plural of y'all? Yeah, all all y'all, y'alls, y'alls, y'alls. Yeah, yeah. Get y'all, yeah. get y'all's butt to mass. <laughs> that, I mean, because mass is back. It's live. It's running mm-hmm. again. People mm-hmm. can come. So don't. Uh, there's you know masks everywhere. If you need to wear one, uh, if you didn't bring your own, there's hand sanitizer. We clean the churches. Uh, they're singing. It, it's it's a it's a beautiful time. So come on back to mass. Uh, all are welcome. Whoa. Okay. So Father O'Brien's not here. And so we have a special guest today. Would you say? Would you say this is? How, how many times have you been on a podcast? You're such an incredible young man. I mean, you're 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 famous. You have an awesome <laughs> wife. You have a family growing right now. Baby uh-huh. jo- baby Joseph. Baby Joseph. Uh, you're you're well sought after on the podcast circuit. Uh, people want you to sign books. Uh, you're you're a, a brilliant leader in the church world, especially here in Payne County. How many times? How many? How many, how many times have you been on a podcast? This, this is this is actually my my debut. What on a podcast? Stop! I've had, I've had two other requests, two other potential requests. One is whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa! Let me guess. Let me guess. <laughs> let me let me guess. Um, uh, uh, I got nothing. <laughs> no, you Go got ahead. Nothing. You got this nothing. is the only podcast. A good, I listen a good to. friend of mine, team director at University of Tulsa, Ethan Stevie. Oh yeah! Shout out to him. He has a podcast called The Crunch. Uh, and then another good friend of mine, Alec Molly. He was a focus missionary at Texas A&M. He has a podcast, which will be featured on here in a couple weeks. It's Hot Guys Cry 2. What? Look that up. Hot Guys Cry 2. Yep. That's, that's, a, that's a radio show podcast? It's uh, a radio show podcast. They do all sorts of things. Uh, Lord of the Rings deep dive. Um, we're going to be doing a podcast over... Uh, 
punk rock, punk rock here in a couple weeks. What so. What do you know about punk rock? You'd, you'd be surprised, Father. I have a, you, a middle school past. So. Yes. Uh, do you have a favorite English punk band from the 80s? Favorite in- Like well, Johnny Rotten? I mean, Johnny Rotten is kind of like I the... I mean, when, when, when were the killers? The killers are what? Probably... Killers are... Um, is that a punk... Would you consider that punk music? Maybe early 2000? I would say... Is that early 2000? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the killers. 2000. Yeah. Mr. Brightside. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah early awesome. 2000. So, uh, I mean, I, I grew up in the era of punk rock music where people would wear chains and locks around their neck, like Johnny mm. Rotten. Yeah. So, I mean, 70s... That's, that's before my time. Whoa, father. so how much before do you know about time. punk music? <laughs> It's it's the early two thousands, you know, middle school, Blink one eighty two type of bands. Things oh, like that. all American rejects from Stillwater. All American rejects from yeah. Stillwater. Yeah. I love Blink one eighty two. Okay, yeah. okay. So you, we haven't even. We, no one's. Yeah, you don't know my name yet. Yeah, okay, Pastors okay. Sec- secret. See, here, here it is. Go ahead and tell the good people who got your name. <laughs> my name is Clayton Caldwell. Whoa! Uh, tell them what you do here in Clayton Caldwell and. I, yeah, so so I'm a Focus missionary. Focus is the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Um, we're a team, a group of missionaries at, at St. John's Catholic Student Center. So there's yeah. there's five of us on uh, full-time staff this year, and then my wife, Reagan, uh, she is pregnant. We're going to be having a baby here in about four weeks, so she's what you would call an affiliate missionary, so she kind of works part-time while she's uh, preparing for motherhood. Uh, but yeah, so there's six of us. This is my second year here in Stillwater, here in Payne County, with, with Father Kerry Wakulich. I'm the team director, um, and so yeah, we've been we've been here at Oklahoma State for about eight years. Uh, half my team is new this year, and the other half, this is just just our just our second year here. But uh, where did you where you come from? I went to Texas A&M University. Uh, so originally from Dallas, went to Texas A&M for four years, and then. Was a missionary at Kansas State for a year. Before Go Cats, Power here. Cats. Go Cats, shout out. Father, Father Gail Hammerschmidt Father Gail up there. Hammerschmidt. Shout who out to who him. is that guy? Well, no one knows him. Yeah, you know, he's the, the second most famous priest with a girl name in the, in the U.S. <laughs> oh, <so. laughs> oh, 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 my gosh. So, oh, wow. But, uh, that hurt. But, that yeah, hurt. so this is my second year here. Um, we're, we're run out of the student center, like I said, but our main thing is to evangelize the college campus. Yeah, to that's it. To know the Lord. Okay, it's, uh, so tell tell the good people who got like, give them a, a brief synopsis of like, uh, like your faith life in college and how, like what inspired you to become a, a missionary. It's it's a long story, um, but to to keep it to keep it brief here, um, I went I grew up Catholic, um, great family home, and grew up going to Catholic school my whole okay. life. But uh, when I got to college. You know, as as I know, many of you can probably relate to. Uh, my faith was just—it was just cultural. It was just something that my family did, something that I grew up around. I was going to mass on Sunday, but didn't really have any, you know, connection or or zeal or or really love for the faith. It was just something that I knew I I was supposed to do. Um, sort of a hostage or fire insurance Catholic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. Just in case anything happened, the- you know, I had the Catholic <laughs> card to kind of pull. Um, but yeah, so my, my freshman year, um, that first semester, it's 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 hard for a lot of uh, freshman students. You know, you're away from home for the first time. You're kind of figuring out who you are, who you're going to be, what you're going to get involved in, uh, the kind of man or the kind of woman that you want to become. And mm-hmm. those first few weeks, Ooh, um, they're important. They're important. And uh, I was pretty pretty lost those first few weeks. I didn't know what I wanted. I was kind of 
doing the things that I, I didn't want to do uh, deep down in my heart. But um, at the same time, I actually had the opportunity to meet a focus missionary on campus. What? His name was John, and he invited me to his Bible study, uh, which I'd never been to a Bible study in my whole life, just just uh, religious education classes, but no real you know, personal studying uh, of Scripture, no real authentic prayer from the heart. Uh, so he invited me to his Bible study. I only went a couple times that first semester, but he did end up inviting me to the SEEK conference. Oh, right. Which, which Wh- focused, where was that that year? That year was in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, I was Nashville, there. Tennessee. Was so that was SEEK 2015. And uh, yeah, basically, um, I had an encounter with uh, our Lord in, in the Eucharist that night. I think it was January 3rd, 2015. It was a Thursday evening. The day after my birthday? The day after Father Carey's birthday. So there was a lot of grace poured out, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I had an encounter with the Lord in, in the Eucharist. What does it mean um, to encounter the Lord? To encounter yeah. the Lord. Yeah, That's I like a, it. It's a loaded question. Okay, it is. It's a loaded it's question. A There's a lot there. And you know, a lot of people will, will encounter uh, encounter God over, over a, a period of time or will start to discover you know, his movements, the way that he's speaking to uh-huh. them over a long period of time. They'll start to, you know, kind of understand who he is and maybe start to be, you know, aware of uh, his his voice gently calling deep in your heart to to bring you back to, to Mass, bring you back to the sacraments, bring you back to the church. That subtle uh, feeling you have uh, within your soul that just, that knows that you desire something more than what you have right now. Mm-hmm. So that can happen over a long period of time. For me, it kind of felt like uh, it hit me like a freight train that night. Whoa. Um, just, I don't know. I just, uh, the Eucharist was being processed into the room. We were in a giant conference center. I was hearing uh, confessions. I've never seen Eucharistic adoration at a conference before. Yeah. So that was your I first hear time. it's like, it's beautiful oh, incense. There's yeah. people praying, kneeling. There's people mm-hmm. standing and singing. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I've never seen it. Yeah, and there in was eight years. There was a because you're always hearing confessions. Always hearing. Thank confession. you for your priesthood, Father. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I love being a priest. Do you want to be a priest? Oh, never mind. I you missed that. You missed that boat. <laughs> I took the whole vows for life thing with my wife. Oh, so, okay. Till Cong- death to us part. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no. There's there's a beauty there, and there's just a, a, a grace with you know ten thousand college students in a room on their knees, uh, bowing before the Lord in the Eucharist, and. The grace that was offered to me that night was that I was able to look at the monstrance uh, holding the Eucharist as it was processed past me, uh, and I just knew that that God was present there. Oh, I beautiful. knew that there was something something real and something more than I had ever seen before uh, in that sacrament. And so uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of emotion. Uh, I was able to kind of pray authentically for the first time, which is to just to lift my, my heart to God uh, and to offer him myself and say, Lord, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know you're real and I know you're in there and I need you to help me. I need you to, I need you to guide me. Um, and so right after that, I went to confession for the first time in, in several years. And, uh, and confession wins and too. Confession wins. And so there was just so much grace that was offered. And I got back to campus, uh, you know, a couple weeks later to start that spring semester. And it just... You know, my feet, I hit the ground running. I just wanted to know it all. I wanted to pray. I wanted to read scripture. I wanted to study. <laughs> I wanted to ask the missionaries everything. Um, I started leading a Bible study right after right after this moment. Fantastic. So it was just, yeah. And that's where you met your wife? It was, I, didn't, I didn't meet my wife at the conference. I did meet her 
uh, a couple months later at uh, a retreat that that Focus had at the Pines Catholic Camp. Oh, uh, with A and M, Texas. Yeah, with it was with A and M, and so we met out there for the first time. We didn't we didn't really. Is start that like awakenings? Until, it was what the awakenings retreat? It, it wasn't the awakening retreat. It was it was uh, it was called Holy Spirit Boot Camp. So it was a it was a retreat all about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all about the fruits of the Holy Spirit, uh, and kind of like I was saying earlier, just how to be aware of the movements of God within your heart. So they're they're subtle. They're subtle. They're subtle, and you have to have silence uh, and an openness to listening to be able to to hear Him. And so, um, yeah, it's important right now for for missionaries to be on the campus because what we're lacking more than anything is silence. There's a lot of noise out there. A lot of so noise. You need to be silent to hear the Lord. So you co- you come back, you spend the next four years, and then you go off to be a focused missionary, mm-hmm. and you get sent to K State, where mm-hmm. you obviously you fall into deep dark sadness because <laughs> you're at the worst school in the Big Twelve. Right. Okay. Right. Well. Right. And then you have to work with the second best priest with a girl's name. Exactly. Wow. Tough. Tough, tough, tough times, tough times. Yeah, and then there's, but but you didn't despair. You didn't, didn't despair. despair. You didn't despair because you. It seems like you have this great desire to evangelize, evangelize, mm-hmm. to share the good news of the gospel. Like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever read the document? Oh gosh, help me. Uh, my Latin is terrible. My Latin. Uh, uh, Evangeli Nunciandi. I think you're you're you might that, be referring to. Whoa! Did you just read my mind? I, I did just read your mind, or you read mine. I don't know. Uh, I think. Whoa, this <laughs> is weird. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little column A, a little column B. We, we we have some we have some chemistry here. We might have to kick off Father O'Brien. We have no, and we have no notes in front of us. We're just going <laughs> evangelical. Evangelical. Uh, uh, which is uh, share the gospel with the nations, right? right, right. The world. Yeah, evangelization in the modern world. In the modern world. Yeah. Uh, have you ever read it? I read, yeah, I read it actually very recently. What? So yeah, which I think you know, Father. Oh, I do know that. <laughs> yeah, I was I was uh, just talking about this the other night at Knobloch Night at St. John's. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It was our first Knobloch Night of the year, so we had all the students come and just kind of explain to them, you know, what St. John's does, what all the you know the campus ministry and our student leadership council does. That was a what, good night. It was amazing. It was awesome. So you know, we had a lot of introductions and uh, conversations, a lot of students meeting each other, and then we had a lot of. Uh, prayer and, and adoration, an opportunity for that that silence that mass, we were just talking yeah. about to start to start the school year. But yeah, I was reading this document recently because we were kind of talking about it at uh, training over the summer, just a couple of the paragraphs, and I was like, you know what, evangelization in the modern world—that sounds like something I have to read. And so who wrote it? It was written by Saint Pope Paul the Sixth, and I want to say 1975. Okay, um, so like right after the council ended. Yeah, ten, it was it was on the 10 year anniversary of the, the Vatican II Council ending. And so Pope Francis, I actually just read this recently, Pope Francis has said that Evangelii Nunciandi, evangelization in the modern world, is the greatest pastoral document ever written to this day. Whoa. Uh, so great importance. So I should church. be reading this. You should be reading it. I, I read the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> so get, give, me, give, me some, give me some of the stuff. Give the good people of God, because I think this is what happens, is mm-hmm. that like you... you you just mentioned growing up in a culturally Catholic home. Yeah, I think a lot of us did. Mm-hmm. We, we grew up and we were taught the faith uh, more of the kind of Thomistic model of right. learn this, learn this, learn this, assent to these truths. Mm-hmm. Learn this, learn this, believe this. Okay, you got an A, congratulations. Or like me, 
I got a C and I had to do extra credit to get myself out of a D into a C in theology, freshman, sophomore, years of high school. Mm. Or it just becomes just utter boredom Mm -hmm. because it's, it's, it's paper and not a person. Right. So what, what is this like new spirit of evangelization and what is Paul the sixth teaching us about sharing the gospel in the mm-hmm. modern world? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, you even, you even said it after you know, I kind of gave a little spiel on, on this document, what the missionaries do at St. John's, but then you said something that I think is really important. I think it was, uh, I think it might've been Pope Benedict the 16th who said this, that uh, Christianity is not just a, a philosophy or a set of moral teachings uh, but it's about an encounter with a person, a relationship with a person, and a and an adherence to him, and a transformation into him. Um, and so, what Pope Paul the Sixth, Saint Pope Paul the Sixth, says in Evangelii Nunciandi is that we as Christians, um, all the Christian faithful, not just the the consecrated, not just the religious, uh, but all of the lay faithful, have a responsibility and a duty to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And so he says that we do that in two important ways. The first is witness of life. Witness of life. Witness of life. And then the second is explicit proclamation. So uh, he he says that the primary means of evangelization is through witness of life. So what is that? It's it's an adherence to the teachings of of Jesus. It's, uh, he goes on to say, it's it's simplicity. uh, It's devotion to prayer. uh, It's fraternal charity. It's Ooh. self-sacrifice. It's detachment. Um, it's all these things that we can we can witness our life so that other people are saying, they're looking at us and saying like, okay, why are they different? Why do they have this joy? Why do they have this zeal? Why do they have this desire for God? Right, exactly. And then the second way is through explicit proclamation. And so okay. what Pope Paul VI says is that the first, the witness of life is fantastic. However, it's never enough. It's never enough. We always need an explicit proclamation of Jesus Christ in order to have uh, a true means of evangelization. Right. So that's what we're trying to do on the college campus, and that's what we're trying to uh, encourage and to form students uh, to do as well, you know, to lead Bible studies, to start you know, small faith groups, to start small discipleship groups in order to, to learn about who Jesus is, to have an encounter with him, and then to be built up in that life, uh, you know, life of a life of prayer like we were saying like a, a life of devotion to the sacraments um you know devotion to studying the apostles teaching mm. well um, that's from the acts of the apostles acts isn't it? 242 yeah acts 242 right yeah what yeah. are the four things acts 242 is like apostolic teaching life of prayer communal life and breaking, breaking of, of the, the bread, bread the eucharist the eucharist right okay so let's go let's go back to the the first point which uh-huh. is which is the this life right. like you you want to grow in this life mm-hmm. like where does someone start like you in order to in order to really speak the gospel Mm-hmm. To really proclaim the gospel to the nations, to the modern world, mm-hmm. we have to be. Well, what's that line? Uh, the 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 modern world wants witnesses more than it wants teachers. Right. Pope Paul also said that. Yeah. Did he really? That was him. Oh my he's gosh, he's full of good stuff. <laughs> so we want witnesses more than teachers. Like, right. so how does someone grow as a witness uh, to the gospel? Like, how do they? How do they kind of? gather all of those things that you just mentioned of uh, that prepares them to share the gospel. Mm. 
How well, do you do it with your missionaries? First, I mean, you could give us an example of like them yeah, or yourself. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, a, a Christian a Christian lives by by faith above all else. A faith and belief that that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, sent by God the Father to reveal uh, the face of God uh, to the people of the world, that we might know Amen. Him, that we might love Him, that we might follow Him. Um, and so that's that's who he is. And so first and foremost, as a Christian, we have to we have to believe that we have to believe that. And so uh, that you know the gift of faith is one that uh, is is a gift from God. It's a theological virtue that's infused into us by God. And so the Christian faithful, we both have to pray for the gift of faith um, to make an act of the will um, to choose to believe, and then also to pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the gift of faith on, onto onto our church and onto uh, onto the whole world. And so, yeah, how do you grow in this, you know, this desire for God and this Christian discipleship? Uh, first and foremost, it's, I, I think, the most important thing that you can do, Father Kerry, you've been emphasizing this, is to go to Mass. You know, in, in the Mass, we receive great graces. Uh, we receive, you know, uh, the body and blood of Jesus in the Eucharist, which gives us what we need it strengthens us to go on the journey to follow you know to follow jesus all the more and so you know a lot of people you know maybe maybe you go to mass but maybe you don't feel this maybe you know you're you go every sunday but you're like i still don't know you know what to do outside of that you know the 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 graces that we receive from the mass have to be lived out in the rest of our christian life you know the what is preached us in the gospel what's preached us in the homily has to be assimilated uh, and adhere to as we go about the rest of our daily lives. And so as a team of, of missionaries, what we seek to do is, um, yes, to, to receive Jesus in the Mass, but then to continue to know him uh, through mental prayer, uh, Lexio mm. Divina, oh, divine yeah. reading. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we have different, uh, you know, team formations that we go through where we're studying, you know, the different, uh, I don't know, virtues in the faith, whether they be you know, the cardinal virtues, prudence, intemperance, justice, fortitude, or the theological virtues. Uh, You know, we study the life of Jesus, how he proclaimed, um, you know, the truth. And so we're taking all these things into ourselves. We're trusting that that Jesus is Lord. We're opening our hearts to him in prayer. We're opening our hearts to receive him uh, in the mass. And Uh then from there, he, you know, we have to trust and believe it. As we begin to live this life and root out sin that he's going to infuse into us, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which we talked about earlier. Right. And Love, then, yeah, joy, yeah, peace. Yeah. Imitating him. Imitate him. Imitate him in all things, right? So there's, um, you know, there's, we hear this line, be a, be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, Dr. Sri, who he works oh, for Focus, he yes. also works for the Augustine he's Institute. my professor in seminary. Yeah. He's good. Yeah, he's amazing. Excellent, and so excellent. He, he, S-R-I, Edward Sri. Edward Sri, right. He has this phrase, uh, which he calls being covered in the dust of the rabbi. Oh yeah, being covered in the dust of the rabbi. So, um, in the ancient Jewish custom, the the rabbi would have disciples himself who followed him so closely. It would be said that they would be covered in the dust of his mm-hmm. of his feet that he kicked up as he was walking down the right, road. Right, so, exactly. Same thing with with Jesus. We have to follow him so closely, be listening to him, uh, that we were covered in his dust. Fantastic. Okay, so the the second part of it of this is uh, Pope Paul the Sixth says is then sharing the gospel. Yes. And how do you, how would how does one like we know how the focused missionaries do it. They right. they get in they bring students in, they get them involved in Bible studies and small faith groups, mm-hmm. uh, and then they teach them and then they and then they share the charisma with them and they 
proclaim to them the mm-hmm. gospel. Right. Sometimes for the very first time. And these, you know, like when you, when you heard someone present the gospel to you, was that the first time? It was the first time. And how old were you? I was a freshman in college. You're 19, 18, 19 years old? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd heard, I heard the story plenty of times, but not, not in a way that would help me to understand more fully who Jesus is and why he came. I kind of, you know, I kind of knew generally the story, but not exactly why it impacted me uh, personally. And so that's what, that's what we're trying to get students to do on, on campus and encouraging them to do is that, you know, we, uh, we both want to, to know Jesus and to live in relationship with him. But then as we become more like him, what did Jesus do? He gave his life for the sake of the church. And so we encourage students, yeah, to, to start these Bible studies um, and that's what we're, we're here to do is to help them to know the Lord and then help them to look like him by leading uh, Bible studies in the same way that Jesus led his, his disciples. And so that begins with, you know, relationship. We have students right. who are leading right. Bible studies in Beta, in Chio, in Theta, and a lot of fraternities and Engineering schools. Engineering school, right, right. So a lot of Greek Bible studies. And just you know, regular chum dudes and girls. Exactly, exactly. Just people that are, you know, involved on campus in any way. Um, you know, we have these Bible studies that are started, and so these these disciples of the Lord that you know we you know see all the time at St. John's, they're actually being sent out onto campus to engage other students that they know, to invite them into uh, life life in the church by opening the scriptures with them and beginning to ask them, "Who is Jesus? What is what does He mean to you? Like, have you have you ever prayed? Have you ever you know have do you know how to pray, Alexia Divina? Do you know how to look at scripture and and to, to see who Jesus is and how to have a relationship with him. Do you desire to know? So we're asking these important questions. What is the meaning of life? We asked that on campus the other day. Um, what is the meaning of life? A lot of different answers. And so. Okay, in two minutes, in two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Tell the good people of God out there, like, how do you share the gospel with somebody in your workplace? How do you share the good news with somebody, maybe your spouse? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you do that? And like it feels awkward at first. Mm-hmm. Good. First and foremost, like like we said earlier, it's that witness of life. But I think what you're getting to is the the explicit proclamation. What does that mean? And so uh-huh. you know, there's you never want to you never want to what Pope Paul says impose the gospel, but always to propose the gospel. You know, to share it in a way that is uh, inviting. Uh, to share it in a way you know that is. Uh, you know, uh, uh, objective and, and explicit, but never, never, uh, Im- never, never imposing. Um, what does it mean so to impose it? To you know, you never want to, you never want to force it on someone. You don't want it to be like super awkward. You know, never want it to be super forced. Rather, something that's that's gentle. It's it's shared through the way that you live your life. Uh, and then when the when the time is right, you want to share. You know why you have this joy. You know why you are following Jesus, who He is, and so. Um, that's what that's what we that's what we do with students on campus is that we we meet them we build relationships with them through Bible studies normally never trying to seek uh, something from them but only to seek to give them something and when the time is right and when it's appropriate to share the good news that that Jesus desires to have relationship with you and it is only in that relationship with Him that you will find what you were looking for you know if you're if you're silent at night uh, if you allow yourself to experience that silence which our world doesn't really have right now. What you might feel is a void or a wondering if there's something more. And that's where Jesus comes to meet you. And that's where we try to meet students uh, and to propose this message of the gospel that what they are seeking, um, as as John Paul II says, 
what you are seeking is is the person of Jesus Christ. What's that great quote from John Paul II? It's uh, when when like the whole world has disappointed you, or when you're looking for something and you realize, oh, he said, yeah. Well, he says, uh, uh, it is he, it is he that you. It is he that you long for when nothing else you find satisfies you. That's it. It is Jesus that you seek when you dream of happiness. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, yeah. Google that little uh, little line. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's actually a longer paragraph. Right, it is. Well, Clayton Caldwell. Father. That, that's that's the time. <laughs> it's a This is a, a podcast. It's a jog. It's a podcast. It's a right. commute. It's a podcast that you can clean your house and listen to. It's a podcast you can cook dinner to. And this this episode's over. Evangelion so you even so, read it. How how long <laughs> did it take you to read it? Uh, maybe like five days. Fantastic. Yeah. So sit down, get it, download it, find it, read it, and remember to pray for us here in Stillwater. Pray for the college students. Uh, this is the Pastors of Pain Radio Show. Peace. Peace. Peace.